Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into Mackie and Judd, the podcast. Today, it's a big show. Write that down on a Wednesday. And we've got cliche Mount Rushmore's right off the top. After we think and talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here. Federated is here for business owners. This is the week in the state of Minnesota that the stay-at-home restrictions and business restrictions start to lift. There's going to be more restrictions lifted later on this month going into the first week of June. And you just want to make sure if you're a business owner that you are prepared for all of these changes, your communication internally, anything and everything you could think of, Federated Insurance is here to help you. Federated has trusted resources at their website, federatedinsurance.com. They've been around for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota based in Owatonna, helping business owners just like you. And during these times, it could be written pandemic policies. It could be changes to uh, various processes. I mean, we're sitting here in the studio right now. We have a hockey-like sheet of plexiglass between Judd and I. And I don't know if it's for safety or if it's just to prevent us from fighting each other physically sometimes. Hey, you suck, Mackie. (laughs) Federatedinsurance.com, where you can find trusted resources at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. President. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. So I'll jump into the video stream here. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, come on. Welcome birthday to the show. Boy. Come on, birthday boy. That's right. What are we, 35? 35. I was just on the How's phone. How's it feel? I was on the phone with my dad just on my drive into the office this morning. And my dad is 77, I want to say. So my dad, or excuse me, 78 here in a few months. Mm-hmm. And I said something like, Turning 35 feels like two different things. It feels like, oh, my God, where did time go? I remember counting down the years until I was going to turn 30, and now I'm, like, halfway to 40. Oh, yeah, I got bad news for you after this. Go and ahead. it's just going to, like, pretty soon I'm going to be 50 and sitting at home drinking nine Surleys like Judd every single night. Let me tell you right now. Which actually doesn't sound like a bad life to live. Once you hit 30, it is on, it is on cruise control at going at, like, 80 miles per hour. It's unbelievable how fast time goes. I mean, but that's like part of me is where did time go? How right. am I 35 already? Like, it feels like just a few years ago, I was it was the punk and their curmudgeon, Patrick yep. Royce mm. and this 24 year old whippersnapper. Yeah. But then on the other side, like 35 is not that old. No, like Brett, like Brett Favre no, 30, had his best season four years, five years after he turned 35. Tom Brady is like a decade older than I am. It's not that 35 is that old. The cautionary tale is the speed at which you got there. So it's not a problem turning 35. The problem is it doesn't slow down. Like, I'm 50. I feel as if I was just 30. Actually, you know, in the sports realm, the weirdest thing is when you start to become older than the players that you grew up watching. Or like, yes, not. not I mean, the players you grew up watching are always going to be older right, than but you. But when the like, players are now significantly yeah. younger than you are. Like, we're watching, yep. we've got right now, they're showing the 1990 World Series here yep. on uh, MLB Network. And like Mark McGuire. Billy Hatcher. Older than you, like these dudes. These dudes are all. First of all, these dudes are all like sixty years old now. But it's it's always weird when you're thirty five and you're like the oldest guy in a group of twins players or something. I figured out. I figured out the key here, but this is a a crucial life decision to potentially. I don't know if slowing things down is the correct terminology here, but in in drawing lines of demarcation about your aging process. And I think it's why my life seems to be going so quickly <clears throat> towards its end. 
And that's this. It's cryptic. And that's this. No kids. I think kids provide sort of um, uh, checkpoints, right? Like, they're like, they're like those like highway uh, mile ba- markers. Exactly. Like your baby's born and now your baby's five. Oh, my goodness. Where did the time go? But yet I know those five years, right? Kids also keep you younger, too, right? I don't know about that. I would guess that that is a case by case basis. I would guess that they do for some and for some they they just give, give their parents gray hairs. But I do think that kids do help you mark time passing. And if you don't have kids, there's really nothing to mark it besides uh, well, uh, Devast- World Series and Super Bowls. I would say devastating losses in conference championship games. Okay, but those only come around, hopefully, for your once, sake. Once every 10 one, years. Once every 10 to 15 years. It's once every 10 years for the Vikings. The other teams don't even make it that far. So like, I would actually appreciate if the other teams could give us some devastating demarcations late in the playoffs. I just still love the fact that your devastation about the Timberwolves is <laughs> is so much higher than it deserves to be. Uh, I've been I've been thinking about that uh, for like this is now the third like day. You were pounding the table and said I'm pissed off. I know about the Timberwolves. I see Declan posted the audiogram of my part of my rant on yesterday's show on Scornorth social media, and uh, like there was at one point there was an argument among people about like who was most at fault for not putting infrastructure around KG, and then Tim McNiff, our he used to work yep. at Care Eleven for a year. I actually shadowed Tim McNiff like 20 years ago, and Tim McNiff jumped in. And just savaged oh, yeah, did. a 25-year-old ridiculous decision by the Timberwolves to just not hang on to Ray Allen. Well, Tim McNiff... The blood is on everyone's hands. Tim McNiff claims, and I don't doubt him, but McNiff claims that he was in what I firmly believe was the minority on that day. Because I remember I was 26. I, I watched that draft with, my, with a buddy of mine in my then apartment in Eden Prairie. And I'm telling you again... Given the structure of the NBA at that time, getting a point guard for a franchise that really hadn't had a point guard was seen as a coup. McNiff claims, and again, if, if he's telling the truth, good on him. He claims that that night he was he said this w- was a mistake. I would love to go back and see if Tim McNiff hosted the sportscast on Channel Eleven that night and mention that he may have. I know that's uh, what I'm saying. Was, I, was, he was the lead guy in the in the because Randy Shaver I think worked underneath Tim McNiff in the. Mid to late nineties. I don't remember that. Pretty sure. I, I'm not sure. But that that's one. a good segue into Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore sports talker of the week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. All right, we got a couple queued up here, but since we're on the subject, it's cliche Mount Rushmore Wednesday on the Mackie and Judd podcast. <laughs> what is your Mount Rushmore of people to blame for why Kevin Garnett's era didn't turn out better than it should have? Oh. Like 12 years of KG, oh boy. one meaningful okay. playoff run. What All is right. your Mount Rushmore of okay. people to blame for that? Okay. Glenn, of course, way up there. Number one. Glenn is the George Washington, yeah. right? Glenn is the uh, Glenn is the uh, um, the main guy. Okay. Kevin McHale, Kevin McHale right? It. He's got to be on it. Who who was most in charge and who most, who greenlit or, well, it'd be Glenn Taylor. The Joe Smith thing took away four first round draft okay. picks. In the middle of KG's prime, that story. That so that story though, um, I think told accurately is Joe Smith is big friends with KG. The Timberwolves obviously want to keep KG happy. Good for them on that. But but, um, not only did they greenlight an illegal contract, but it was actually on file so that it could be found. That's another. Like if you're going to do this, just pay. Just it's got to where, where, be. Where's the briefcase of cash? Exactly right. But. Taylor has to be on this uh, Mount Rushmore, and as you said, he's the George Washington. Mm-hmm. McHale has to be there. Stephon Marbury for just like, I mean, I think they should have just held on to Ray Allen, but that falls on mostly Glenn Taylor, Kevin McHale, maybe a little Flip Saunders. See, Is it possible in those flip. conversations behind the scenes in 1996-97 that, that Flip vouched more for Marbury than Ray Allen, and so maybe you have to consider oh, Flip on this list. On the draft, such a great coach. Yeah, like flip, flips value to KG and the organization far surpassed like any bad that's, influence that's he had on the Ray Allen draft. Yep, yep. So, so, so Taylor McHale, Marbury for Marbury. just like wigging out and deciding to leave town. And okay. can, could I also make a case for the because we need four here? Yes, this is an unorthodox one. But I, could we put Sam Cassell's hip on the list? Well, here's what I was going to give you in the same exact vein. What about Latrell? 
Latrell found, a, you know, for Latrell Sprewell, he got here and found a situation that at that point in his life and career was absolutely probably perfect. And he somehow sabotaged it. How old was he at the time, though? I feel like here, here's why I would. How about so both you're, of them? Ta- you're talking about, about the year a, after they. Uh, how about a split head? Casella and Sprewell, a split head. Spree was 33 when he got here. And I believe Sam was the exact same age. Yeah. So Spree, Spree played the next season disgruntled, right? Yes. I have and to feed my family player. is the famous quote from the year after the successful season. But here's what I would say. I think the window closed based on age with Sam Cassell and Latrell Spree. Well, they were both like on the edge of the age curve in their peak season, 2003-2004. All right. And then Latrell Sprewell goes through this offseason where you know, $21 million over three years isn't enough to feed his kids, et cetera, et cetera. I actually think if Sam Cassell doesn't hurt his hip in 2004 in the playoffs, I think they win the championship. They, I think because they went six games with basically without Sam Cassell, they went six games with that Lakers team. I think they beat the Lakers and I think they beat the Pistons. Yeah, but he hurt if, his, if Sam Cassell hurt his hip and we're, we're trying to assess real, I know, his, real. No, but like that's the, an the, Mount, the Mount Rushmore is people or things to blame. Hold on, I'm going to go look at for KG's era, yeah. not Max. I want and Sam Cassell's indictment. injury. Well, Sam, because you could also just blame the big grapefruits dance that he did. It was the dance? Would the would the dance be on the Mount Rushmore? Well, then that's the dance might the be. The dance might be. I'm uh, I'm keeping an eye on my Mount Rushmore. What are you looking up right now? I'm looking up Timberwolves executives and the GM. So Mikhail was <laughs> Rod GM. Thorne. You're going to put <laughs> Kevin Mikhail. Ted Johnson. <laughs> Ted Johnson does not did not get blame here. Uh, May of '95 for Mikhail. Until December eighth of two thousand eight is when he walked away. So yeah, uh, he's. You're saying Kevin McHale? I was trying. I was trying to find out if there might be another if Jim Stack who came in came in oh. after McHale could get blamed, but he really can't. To me, it's Glenn, it's McHale, it's Marbury. Can and Glenn it's, go on and there it's twice? The big grapefruits dance. Can Glenn go on there twice? Actually, yeah, you're probably right about that. What if we took Marbury off because hey, it wasn't actually. It's you know not what? your fault, kid. It's the scout that signed you. You know what? If we're gonna go with a scenario that ended up uh, costing the Wolves probably fairly dearly, assuming that they wouldn't have screwed this up, and that's a big assumption. But to go back to the name that you threw out at the top of the conversation, you know, Joe Smith could be a candidate because the whole Joe Smith thing was really because that was. I feel like, but like, but was that it was his fault. Is it his fault that he's just like kind of a meh player? Cassell and they, did the did the dance. It's not his fault. He yeah, got the dance. Why are you great. dancing? You're, you're an old dance. man. Why are you dancing? He's thirty three years old. You're an old you're man. Two years today. You were two years old, older than Sam Cassell Dude, was back act then. Act like you. Sam Cassell played in two championships. Well, act, he's doing the big grapefruit dance in the second round of the playoffs and hurting his hip. Act like you've been there before. Let me give you my right? case for for Joe Smith. And I'm not. I, I'm saying Joe Smith on the Mount Rushmore as almost an unindicted co-conspirator of ineptitude from the Wolves. Okay. Joe Smith, because was that really the first sign that these guys were the Marbury things unfortunate? All right. But I don't think the Marbury thing is a sign of their own gross incompetence. He freaked out to me. But the Joe Smith thing to me might have been the first set of the chain reaction of, oh, my God, what are you guys doing? But but I think. Like you've it's, got this contract of, in someone's drawer. It's all of the people around Joe Smith. So you're saying that I'm uh, saying Joe Smith should have been the one that said unindicted co No, I'm saying the Joe the Joe Smith thing. I'm not blaming Joe Smith. I'm blaming the situation as being a very important part of Wolves history because it started the chain reaction of you guys are really doing these things, and then it became and you just did that and okay. now you just d- did that. I'll hear your I'll, I'll hear your argument for Joe Smith being in the discussion, but for me still. Glenn Taylor, Kevin McHale, Marbury's ego, and Sam like Cassell's hip. I like hip. those three. Okay, how, how if, about this? I'll, I'll compromise. If you want to put Glenn Taylor on this list twice, I will bump off Sam one? Cassell's hip. How about in, in the spirit of 2020 advertising, the fourth president rotates? <laughs> Instead of being in stone there, it's a rotating, and some days it's Joe Smith, some days it's Cassell. It's like a digital billboard. Some days it's free. Exactly right. Okay, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore sports talker of the week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. All right, so uh, we also, on yesterday's show, got into... Just how screwed Flip Saunders, like Flip Saunders took the fall for all of these things that led up to 2004, 2005. Like Flip Saunders was not anywhere near being most at fault for the failure of that 
10-year period of Timberwolves basketball to not go deeper into the playoffs, et cetera, right? So we, we yeah, Flip Saunders got screwed. Dwayne Casey took a team with basically nothing and had them 20 and 20. It was like Kevin Garnett and like a pair of socks and a mannequin, him, and they had a 20 and 20 record. He should have gotten a contract extension off being 500 at that point. Right. He gets fired. Yes. So the Mount Rushmore here is Minnesota coaches who got screwed. That's yeah. our cliche Mount Rushmore. Yes. And let's just start by throwing out options here. Okay. Dwayne Casey, Flip Saunders. Some people would say, and I don't agree with this, but some people would say Glenn Mason got screwed. That, hey, they were going to bowl games every year. And, like, you know, what can you expect? It's go for football. And then, of course, they made it worse by hiring the absolute worst college football coach in the history of college football, Tim Brewster. So Glenn Mason has an option. Did Glenn Mason get screwed or did Glenn's time also just sort of expire? Because there are expiration dates on guys. I felt like Glenn's time sort of expired. And if we're going to go down the slippery slope of did Mace get screwed or did he get done wrong, then the problem with that conversation is in relation to Gophers athletics is Tubby Smith comes up as well. Because as as fried as I felt, and believe me, I felt he was fried. I didn't think that that he had a lot left in the gas tank of coaching, Phil. Uh, but, but he took the team to an NCAA tournament, and they won a game. Yeah, And so... That's sort of a slippery slope. I prefer this to be... I mean, Tubby's in the discussion. Yeah, but I prefer this to be a Mount Rushmore of unequivocally this guy got done wrong. Like, no question about it, right? Who else should be in the conversation? Some people would say, and again, I don't agree with this, but just to represent, some people would say Tracy Clays. But they went 9-3. and three. Yeah, They no. won a bowl game. Yeah, no, no. That's one of the great <laughs> firings. 9-4. They went 9-4. and four. That's one of the smartest firings of all time. And his closing words of have fun freezing your ass off is yeah. one of the best closing words. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, yeah thank, yeah, that's a real professional way to leave freezing town. Freezing your asses off. I'm out of here. <laughs> Thanks, Hank Hill. <laughs> it was great. That's what it sounded like. You should I'm find some kidding. Hank Hill and splice it in with Tracy Clay's. <laughs> you're, you're right. Freezing your ass off. I'm out of here. Really good. <laughs> How about okay, so Paul Molitor yep. goes from being manager of the year and then like one one blip and all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah, that's um, and Rocco Baldelli turned out to be a great hire. Yeah, so like they obviously they nailed that. So we've got Flip, we've got Dwayne Casey, and by the way, did you guys recall that when Flip was fired during the course? I looked this up this morning, the two thousand four five season that the Wolves were twenty five and twenty six. They were one game under five hundred. What wow. a disappointment this is! And then Kevin McHale takes over, and I can't remember exactly when this happened, but I believe they beat the Sacramento Kings on TNT or ESPN or something. And they'd won, they had gotten things back on track a little bit, and that's when KG had the famous, we're coming, we're coming. Oh, is that when that was? Like, we're coming up on the eighth seed. And and the prevailing thought at the time was, boy, if they can just get to that eighth seed and get this thing back together, they're going to be just fine. And then they well, they whiffed on it. And you're still... The whole thing got blown up. 15 so, years after he, waiting for that. Here's the Dwayne Casey. So Dwayne Casey, yep. his first year as Wolves coach, he was 33 and 49. And then the second year was 2006, 2007. So, yep. yes, he did have Kevin Garnett, one of the greatest players of all time. But but they were 20 and 20 halfway through that season. In a Western Conference, I don't have the full Western Conference pulled up right now, but 2007 in the Western Conference, that was definitely prime San Antonio Spurs, prime Dallas Mavericks. Like, you had some teams in the Western Conference during that period, the Lakers might have been down because I don't think they had landed Pau Gasol yet until the next year. Phoenix was pretty good still. Phoenix was popping up as this fun ball team. Mm-hmm. The rest of that roster, Ricky Davis was Kevin Garnett's sidekick. Ricky Davis, the guy who once, as as I think a Cleveland Cavalier, tried to throw a shot off his own rim to grab a rebound, quote-unquote, that would give him a triple-double. Yeah, he was a piece of work. Just an absolute clown show. Yep. The third leading scorer on that team was Mark Blount at 12 points a game. Mike James was the starting point guard. And off the bench, Marco Yarich, Craig Smith, Rashad McCants, Bracey Wright. That team was 20 and 20. And someone thought, someone meaning Glenn Taylor, Kevin McHale thought, well, we should should really be... 30 and 10 right now. Let's fire Dwayne Casey. Just ridiculous. How so, do you not that extend, guy got extend him? So and then I, he goes to Toronto and turns out to be this yeah. amazing coach. So Flip and Dwayne Casey, I think, are on the Mount Rushmore of Minnesota coaches who got screwed without a debate. I think they have to be. It's two. It's probably two of the worst firings in the state's history as far as the sports teams go. Yes. Here, Here's a sneaky one. 
And this guy was off his rocker, and he was going to be uh, fired eventually. But off-the-field problems and, I think, drinking issues caused Billy Martin to be fired as the Twins manager after one season in 1969 in which they went to the um, American League Championship Series mm-hmm. and won 97 games. Wow. Now, now Billy was Billy. So it's yeah, not like, like, like he, things he was other than record played into his yes. unemployment. But 97. But think about getting sacked after winning 97 games. That takes a lot of work. So, hey, listen, you would know better than I would just thinking back to that era. So I'm going to put Billy Martin. And Twins fans were here. pissed. Um, all right. Who else? What are some other. Paul Molitor is an interesting one, but he also had a bad season that yeah. led to the demise, too. And he had two bad years around one good year. Is that right? Yep. So. <sighs> Here's the problem. The Vikings have none. Like, the Vikings have never fired a coach. Danny was fired slash stepped down, but that was after quite a long run as well. Yeah, they were, like, he didn't get screwed. He, he had, didn't he get had screwed. A, he had 10 years. He had the 98 title game. And that team like, struggled and was not that good, okay? So, did Mike Tice get kind of screwed? No, not really. I don't think so. No, really? no, Tice, God bless him. I, I, I love Tice, but I don't think he got, I mean, Mount Rushmore screwed? No way. Kind of screwed, okay. I can hear that. But the Vikings really have have no one who they pulled the plug on, and you said, what the hell was that about? But, like, Mike Tice, they had three 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight seasons. Yeah. They wind up, and it depends on how you feel about Brad Childress. Like, Brad Childress did eventually take them, in part because of Brad Favre, but to the NFC Championship game. So they did upgrade with Brad Childress, yep. which is, I think, a lot of people... If you had to choose, who would you rather coach the Vikings, Mike Tice or Brad Childress? I think most people would say Mike Tice because he's just fun and whatever. But, like, Brad Childress, you could argue. You could uh, argue. No, don't go there. That dude goes to the NFC Championship game. Oh. And, like, a third of the way into the next season, like, the the first <laughs> sign of something going wrong. No, he cut Randy Moss without telling the people that own the team. I, I listen. He deserved I, what he got. I am the all-time Brad Childress apologist, okay? And listen, he was a good personnel guy, but he deserved every every piece of you are fired Brad Childress earned in 2010. Okay, can I, quick side street on Brad Childress here. I don't even know if I should say this because I think it's his personal page, but you know how when you're on Facebook, Judd's been locked out of his Facebook account for years, if I remember right. <laughs> yeah, but well, like, something happened with the account, yeah. But... Like, you're on Facebook, and it'll show, like, people that you should be friends with. And it'll recommend, like, you should add these. And like, you have 60 mutual friends with Declan Goff. Like, oh, I should be friends with Declan Goff. The last three weeks, Brad Childress continues to pop up in the you should be friends with category. What? Hit it. Hit it, yeah. You got to do I, this. I, I haven't it. done it yet. You got to do this and give us some stories Shoot off of it. your shot, kid. Do you think he would accept it? Yeah. Oh, Knowing pro- that I'm associated with Judd Zolgad, who he hates. Oh, He'd probably accept it. Now, you know that. what? You know what, though? So his daughter and family are still here, I believe, and and I think he still might have a place here. But I want to say he doesn't live here full time, so he's probably forgotten about you. Okay. Well, then he will probably wouldn't even accept the friend request. Well, just do it. That I'll do it right. next time. It pops shoot up, your I'll shot and let's hear the stories. All right, I'll I'll do it next time. I want to hear up. what happens. That also, if he accepts it, it might lead to other similar mm. people that you should be friends with. It might lead to like Daryl Bevel. Leslie Frazier. Is Leslie Frazier on Facebook? Barry Alvarez might pop up. Wow. Mike Prefer. You never know. You oh, know. I'd love to be friends Mike, with Mike Prefer. Yeah, on Facebook. Really I wonder what guy. that guy's Facebook feed looks yeah. like right now. <laughs> Mike Prefer. Who who was his, uh, who was Brad's original special teams coach? Ferraro, was, uh, uh, Paul Ferraro. Paul Ferraro. Yeah. Ali Wedge Wright. I Paul mean, think Ferraro. about all the opportunities you've got here. Judd dude. knows my Paul Ferraro story. Paul Ferraro, who, by the way, looked like he had those like those yellow lizard contacts in all the time. He looked, never blinked. He looked like the quintessential high school Fayed slash football coach. Yes. So Paul Ferraro, not the most warm social guy ever. <laughs> and you know, when training camp was in Mankato, uh, it, it, it's called Bradley's now. Uh, Boomtown. Boomtown. It's called Boomtown. Boomtown. And so like every night during training camp, all of the media, all the coaches, some players before curfew, sometimes after curfew, like everyone would go to Boomtown. It would just be packed. And so I go up to the bar to get a couple beers for me, and Judd was probably there, Tom Pellicero, like whoever else, and Paul Ferraro is standing next to me at the bar also waiting for beers. I'm like, all right, you know, we've, we've interacted over the last couple seasons at these press conferences <laughs> and stuff. Mistake. Like, like, he didn't know, like, what my name was or anything, but, like, we had we'd seen each other enough to where, like, oh, okay, I've seen you in the practice facility, whatever. I know the face, right? yeah. Yep. And so we're standing there. And we're both waiting for drinks, and we're both standing like right next to each other. And so, 
to me, it would be rude if you just ignored the guy or vice versa. It would just be weird if you didn't say like, hey, how's it going? Whatever. Right. Someone that you kind of know. And so I said, uh, hey, Paul, how's it going? Like, oh, you know, doing well. How you doing? He was kind of like, whatever, I'll engage in this. And I said, uh, whatever. Like we interacted for 30 seconds and we're still waiting for our beers. And I said, hey, let me ask you, how'd you get your start in coaching? Like, where was your first coaching stop? I'm a master of small talk, by the way. Yeah, good for you. Clearly. This is right? not the time to ask that question. By so uh, how'd you get your uh, start in coaching? Where's your, where was your first coaching stop? And the guy looks at me and literally says, does it even matter? Like, you're not going to, like, you don't really care what my answer is. And, like, wow. you're not going to remember this right conversation. Wow. Tomorrow. He Anyways. was exactly right about that, and by I, the way. And I said, His assessment. all right, fair enough. <laughs> that is a prime response for good talk i love saying good talk in those situations even if it was someone like that like a coach that i had like i said all right good talk dude but have you guys ever done that when someone wants to strike oh. up small talk and you both know that it's just like filling space like it's it's yeah. just a fake interaction yep. yeah i always just humor it and engage in it i actually now that i think about this 10 years later i actually give that dude credit you know he didn't want to engage in pointless small talk and he didn't have time for it and right. he just flat out said dude we don't have to do this. It's okay. <laughs> he was exactly right. Like he he knew I've got X amount of time to guzzle my beers. And why would I want to talk to this punk kid who I'm going to have to see at the practice field? And you can ask him that question sometime else. It, it's a great point. But Ferraro was, I, he was great because he was your gym coach. He was, yeah, you know, very much. Mr. He Ma- had a, he Mr. Mackey, how about 20 push-ups from you? I believe he had a whistle lanyard just around his neck, too, as he's he ordering was, the beers. He was, um, yeah, he was an so, interesting dude. So anyways, uh, what, what did we settle on for a Mount Rushmore? So we got Flip, coaches who got Dwayne Flip for sure, Dwayne Casey for sure. Billy Martin. How about Bruce Boudreau? I like uh, it. Why does Bruce Boudreau, he got the shortest end of the stick on a wild team that wasn't great, but has always been able to, he's always been able to milk points out of teams. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, after they started playing well, he just, ah, we're done. We're going to go to Dean Evison. Um, I'm with you. In that. I've always said that. And he, I think this has happened to Bruce Boudreau three or four different times in his career. Like, because can't win game sevens. And he, in fairness, he never really got to that point with the Wild. So. <laughs> no, he did not. But he was, yeah, he was, they were 27, 23, and seven overtime losses. So they weren't exactly on fire earlier this season. But, like, Bruce Boudreau's a really good coach. Yeah, yeah. I like their, coach, roster yeah. Has, their roster's been kind of a mess, though. So. All right, that's our. So no Vikings. I don't think. I mean, I, I'd put Mike Tice on there, but if you guys disagree, I think Mike Tice. The, the issue with Mike is Mike doesn't get hired as a head coach unless Red owns the team because Red was so cheap, and so Mike was sort of probably shouldn't have had the job to begin yeah, with. Exactly right, okay. uh, but I mean, he did. He was not a bad coach. I just don't know that he got royally screwed. I was, and, I, and I know your guy Childress did, uh, did not, but I really want you to try and. And become Facebook friends with Brad. I will say honorable mention to even though he wasn't the best of coach, I do think he got a little bit screwed as Mike Yo. Mike did like the team quit on him. And, yeah, well, and, and, and that's his own self doing. Yeah, I was gonna say he gets but no sympathy. I, think I get I give a little sympathy. Declan, the St. Louis Blues had to fire him to win a Stanley and Cup then, championship. And then he it's got the, the height best of incompetence. He took a wild team that was second in the West, like, oh I'm gonna beat this team. I know how to beat him. And he did. I feel like Mike Yo has some temper issues that he needs to work on. And and the and when he pronounces words with an S on the end. It sounds like a dog whistle, and I can't stand listening to it. You know, I don't think that yo, I don't think that he has temper problems, but I could not. Boudreaux, for sure, I, I can hear being on this list. Honorable mention, I'm sorry. Mike, yo, the team, Declan's right, they quit. If they quit, you don't get my sympathy. Um, uh, um, or, uh, um, and, um. Write that down, predictions coming up here. In just a second. On the Mount Rushmore of great car dealerships and service departments, the George Washington is Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And part of the Mackey and Judd show going back six years, we appreciate their partnership through this tough time for us at Score North. And uh, they appreciate your business as they have been open for weeks. They continue to be open and they continue to take the necessary safety precautions to keep you safe, and to keep their team members safe. You can shop their entire inventory from the comfort of your home, chat online with their sales team, and schedule a test drive where they will bring the vehicle to you. They've also announced some great offers, including 90 days deferred payment on both new and used vehicles and 0% financing on 2020 Camrys, RAV4s, and Tacomas. If you need service on your vehicle, Luther Brookdale Toyota has set up a no-contact system, including electronic checkout. Stop by. 
open on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, or go to their website and engage online with these fine people at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. A quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd. You know, last Friday night, I uh, stood on my stoop like a stoop kid. Stoop a, kids hanging stoop on the kids. stoop? That's right. Hey, Arnold. That was pretty much me with the white Football claw in hand. And, you know, my street's torn up a little bit, but it, there's still some traffic that goes on. There's a bunch of motorcycle brigade that went down right on First Street at about 4 or 5 o'clock. I was like, you know what? Good for them. The was Judd in there? Judd was not. Okay. I would be great in a sidecar, though, by the way, in a motorcycle. I am built for the sidecar motorcycle. You do look like sidecar yeah, guy. Oh, yeah. yeah and, uh, <laughs> your backseat driver. And <laughs> totally. Motorcycle parlance. Yeah, see? DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley, Cruiser, sports bike, dirt bike, or any type of motorcycle, they have what you need. And through May 28th, Dennis Kirk is offering 0% interest for up to 12 months. Over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Welcome in to the only segment in sports talk where we actually hold each other accountable for bad predictions and give credit where credit is due as well. In fact, we have we have two batters, one uh, in our guy Rami, who is not going to be making a lot of predictions the rest of the year, circumstances outside of our control, and then another one in Judd that's chasing Rami, both hovering around 400 batting averages. We'll get to that, but here's how Write That Down works if you are new to the segment. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. Ideally, they have end dates, so we don't have predictions just floating out there. Like, for instance, uh, I have a category of predictions from Judd from 2015 Wow, that don't have end dates on them. Larry Brown will coach again is probably the most prominent one that we keep going Again, back I to. will <laughs> say that has an end date. Uh, Big Ten Restaurant will reopen somewhere on East Bank. and so That should happen. I agree. And now with the pandemic, it probably really won't happen, but damn it, it should happen. Yeah. Hold on a second. Larry Brown, just give me two seconds here because I'd like to You're search. poison his coffee and no, take like that to, one off no, the board? No, I'm just going to find out how old Larry is because there is. He's got to be close to 80, right? Because there is, unfortunately, as there is for every one of us, an expiration date on our heads. We just don't know what that expiration date necessarily <laughs> is. Larry Brown, you just hit it, is, uh, was born September 14th, 1940. So he's 79. He will turn 80 on September 14th. All right. So, you know. So you're basically rooting for Larry Brown. No, I said he'll coach again. So I don't want him to die. That's true. Okay. I want him All to right. live. But what I'm saying, right. but what Fair I'm enough. saying is this, there's no expiration date. It's simply not true. Fair Life enough. by definition has an expiration date. Fair enough. Uh, we keep track of each other's batting averages and home runs as defined by the group. Listeners, you guys can participate by just sending me a DM on Twitter, at Phil Mackey, and we'll get you scheduled. I think we're scheduled out through July right now. And our guest listener predictor today is Dominic. What's up? Are you Dominic or Dom? What should we call you on the show? Either. We'll work. We'll call you Dom, just for brevity's sake here. Dom. So we'll get to your predictions in a second here, but we always go through the accountability sessions so we can all get our comeuppance in this segment. And admittedly, without live sporting events, like most of our predictions throughout last year and the first part of this year that are on the board revolve around baseball games being played. And like, there's a bunch of twins opening day predictions that are just still sitting there two months later. Can you guys believe we are two months late next week. We will be two months into the baseball. Lost all track of things. It's ridiculous. Honest to God, I have. So we'll start with, uh, let's see here. Jonathan Harrison had nothing come off the board. He was last year's batting average champion. Manny had nothing come off the board. Judd Zolgad had one thing come off the board. You said the first professional sport to return to action will have an athlete test positive for coronavirus within two weeks of that sport returning. Ronaldo Souza from UFC tested positive, I believe, before his fight even took place. He did. He got, he took, uh, kicked him out. Coronavirus in, in his training sessions, apparently. So Judd Zolgad on the board. 
Rami had nothing come off. I had nothing come off. Declan had nothing come off. All Listeners, right. Abdul predicted a couple weeks ago in the Justin Ferguson, uh, Justin versus Ferguson fight UFC that it would be a first round knockout of Ferguson. It was actually a fifth round TKO. Mm. And so Abdul is incorrect. Those are the only two things that came off the board. And so here are the updated batting averages for you gentlemen. Rami Makhlouf still holding strong at 405 and sitting out with a 400 batting average. Not his decision, but we'll get him on at some point to make some predictions. One home run. Judd Zolgat is up to 395 oh, on the season. Oh, okay, one right. home run. Uh-huh. Right. Here I Not bad, man. I'm coming. It's the summer of Zolgat here. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic summer. John Harrison is at 250 with two home runs. Mm-hmm. Phil Mackey, myself, I'm at 222, but I am tied with the lead uh, in home runs with two. Listeners are batting 130 with one home run. Manny Hill, 125 with one home run. And Declan Goff, over on the season. Okay, he does not have a hit. It is May 20th, and Declan Goff right. has not. Can I, can I even qualify? I've only had like four at-bats. <laughs> what's his, uh, his at-bat at total? Let me see here. Well, I've done, since since I moved into the role, it's been yeah. only two, so I've only had six you're, total. You're all for six? Okay. Well, not 0 for 6, no. He's 0 for 2. 0 for 2. Oh, 0 for 2. He's 0 okay. for, actually, right. you, have, you have 9, looks like you have 9, you've made 9 predictions oh. so far. Oh, boy. I believe. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. No, you have. You've made 9 oh. predictions. Cap will oh, sign. because of uh, the, we did an impromptu one on that Friday after the draft. Yep, Irv yeah. Smith will catch yeah. a touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins. You got a bunch of Viking stuff here. All right, you so I qualify. Trevor Bauer, boycott in the season. Just saying. All right. Okay. Not exactly a hot start for Declan Goff. Right. I'm just we're just giving you crap mostly. Yeah, no, that's, that's you're also terrible at the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so all right, write that down. <laughs> write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. We'll down. start with our guy Dom, loyal listener Dom, and we'll go around the room. Dom, Judd, Declan, Phil, and we'll do it three different times. Now, Dom, is your strategy to help raise the 130 listener batting average, or are you just swinging for the fences here today? Uh, a little bit of both. I kind of have a softball to start, and then I kind of have some more bold predictions later. All right. We'll start with I like your, it. Write this down. Start with your softball. Go ahead. All right. So the softball on, I think it's June 14th, uh, WWE Backlash. Drew McIntyre is supposed to uh, face Bobby Lashley. He's going to retain uh, the title, so he'll still be WWE champion after Backlash. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I love, I love it. Building. I love it when you listeners too. bring wrestling predictions in the mix. Love it. Love it. All right, Judge Zolgan. So we we saw that the uh, National Football League is taking steps to try and get the the Rooney Rule to be enforced more, and um, the hiring of minority head coaches and uh, coordinators, which has not been uh, going at the rate that they would like. So you can write this down, and I'll explain after because there, there's a bit of a caveat with this. Kansas City Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy will be hired as an NFL coach after the season. Now, I already have one on the record saying that he's going to be the Vikings coach. Mm-hmm. But then I specifically You're hedging then right but, now. but then I specifically tied into the same prediction, which in retrospect was really dumb, that former Viking receiver Greg Lewis would be his OC. Oh, so you a parlay. So that's a parlay, but that's a long shot. This I think is a bunt, but I'll take it. Kansas City Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy will be hired as an NFL coach after this season. Dude, I hope he coaches Adrian Peterson again so he can just light into him like he did when he was the running back's coach. Do it! Do it! Oh, Peterson got so mad at him. It was just fantastic. <laughs> Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Declan Goff. All right, I'm swinging for a home run here, and I'm, and I'm tooting my own horn. I will get a good question point from Bill Guerin on the podcast today. Whoa, dude. Calling his shot. Bill Guerin's coming on Judd's Hockey Show this afternoon. Have you practiced your questions? <laughs> I have some written out, yeah. But I think I'll get I think I'll get one. Bill's a big fan of the show. Bill Guerin's an old school type of guy, man. I don't know if he's gonna give I, no, does he give you validation? Like does is he gonna dish out some guys just won't give you the validation. Right. Of, like Sage likes to. Mm-hmm. Sage will say, hey, good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh boy, I don't know. I was really going to give I it just our Declan. show, but I was like, no, 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 no. Because that means Judd would get credit, and I want the bragging rights, and I want the write that down point. So I will get a good question point. All right. Bill Fair All right. The updated good question standings on the Mackie and Judd show Judd and I both have 11. Rami has nine. Oh. Jonathan has three. Declan would be looking for his first. Still plenty of season left, by the way. Good question. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing. You're also like down? where it's a little unfair. Declan is in charge of going forward here, gathering guests for the show too. So you could like 
grab guests and communicate with them via text and say, hey, I'm going to ask you a question. But he also doesn't get to ask as many questions. That's true. Yeah, we can put a... It's we'll difficult. put a kabosh on his ability sure. to jump in. It's difficult for that. That's Declan. fine. Sabotage me. That's fine. I'm not going to yep. lie. No, it's fine. All right. Write this down. This is a bit of a parlay because, like, the unspoken part of this prediction is that the NBA will finish its season, which I believe I'm already on the record of saying. The Lakers will beat the Bucks in whatever version of the championship takes place. The Lakers will beat the Bucks. Oh, for the NBA championship. The and, I, and I don't know if it will be a seven-game series. I don't know if it will be part of like a condensed tournament. Mm-hmm. But the Lakers will beat the Bucks, and LeBron James will hoist. So what's considered trophy. the finals will be the Lakers and the Bucks. Lakers and the Bucks, and the Lakers will beat the Bucks. Write this yeah. down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Dom. All right. All right. Staying out with the NBA here. Um I don't think the season's going to finish. And if it does, well, either way. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Timberwolves are going to trade their first-round pick for another veteran to assist uh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh, and that'll be a fairly high pick, right? That'll be—I mean—that's a lottery pick, yeah. Wherever they wind up, so I would—I would actually, if if that happened, would you guys be down for that? If they said, "Listen, enough of this young player I, gathering," I got to see who the player is, but let's bring in a good solid. If it's the right guy, sure. Yeah, I like that prediction. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Judd. Because he's mostly going to be robbed of uh, the 2020 season, Nelson Cruz will sign a contract extension with the Twins to play beyond this season. So Nelson Cruz is almost certainly going to return on some type of extension because 2020 will be cut so short. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Back to Declan. All right, Mac, I need you to leave the room. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. we're back. Oh, boy. How am I going to know when to come back I, in? I'll, just look through the window. I actually, because I can't. There's no speakers out there. Just look through the window. Okay. The other one, the big one. Yeah, I'll motion you yeah, yeah. with this, which is the comeback and in. And Judd, Judd has to leave the room for my third, too, so don't feel bad. Just letting you know. Good God. I need points. I need points. All right. By the end of next Monday's show, Mackie will mention he purchased White Claws and it did takeout from a local restaurant. By the end of next Monday's show. So it could happen today. Thursday, Friday, or Monday. But by the end of Monday's show, Mackie will mention he purchased White Claws and did takeout from a local restaurant. What's worse than a bunt hit? That, that's who I was. That's the only way I could get on base. So this that's is, what it is. This is a disgusting no, display. No, it's trying to this get a single. This is a disgusting display. No, it's fine. You can come back in, Mackie. It's fine. Now. But that's, that's going to be. Unbelievable. No, it's not. Unbelievable. It's not that it's not the big of a deal. That was one of the weakest predictions I've no, ever heard. No, it's not. It's not. I'm trying, I'm trying to get points here. Okay? Yeah, he's trying to get on the board. He's trying to get hit by right, Declan, I'm going to need you to leave the room now, actually. Okay. I'm going to make a Declan prediction here. <laughs> I feel I should have done something more. <laughs> Come around to the same window. Just so we can, so we can back make in. sure yeah. that he's not listening and going to try it. Write this down. Is that door shut over there uh, in the production room? Yeah, he shut it. He shut it? Okay. All right, here he is. All right. Yep. All right, so uh, write this down. And we'll have to check receipts to make sure this happens. Declan Goff, between Thursday, let's just say Thursday from noon going forward. So Thursday afternoon through midnight Sunday. So tomorrow. So essentially three and a half days, like the weekend. Yeah. The weekend, okay? Yeah. Declan will spend over $100 on alcohol. Write this down. these These predictions are just unbelievable. Yours has a little bit more teeth than the weak ass stuff that Declan just gave, okay. but not a lot. <laughs> write this down. Write it down. This has like become like the down. write that down layup line. <laughs> that wasn't. This is like basketball layup. circa nineteen fifty four. I want the point, Mister three ninety five batting average yeah. over here. All right. Some of us are toiling in the batting Poor average. Dom. Dom thinks he's coming into a big league game and write that down <laughs> and gets this weak, weak stuff. All right, Dom. Your third and final prediction. Fire away. All right. Well, you know, with a lot of the lack of support, so, you know, you kind of have to come up with something. Thanks, so, Tom. But this one is uh, Twins baseball related. Uh, the Twins, whenever they start playing the season, there will be at least four uh, hitters in the lineup that will hit double-digit home runs, and Miguel Sano will be the top of them. And I, it's funny, like, I'm looking through some of the old predictions we made before we knew that it was going to be a truncated season. I think I have the, the Twins having three forty home you run did. hitters. Judd has Miguel Snow hitting, like, 52 home I runs have, yeah, or 50 something. Plus home runs, yeah. And now, like, as Dom just predicted, now it's like, can someone just 
Hit Can we just play like 50 games? Someone hit 10 home runs. It'd be great. And that's the 12th of the year for Snow. That's a record <laughs> given the p- fact they've played only 15 games. Uh, Dom, thank you for coming on as the guest listener predictor. Since you have this enormous platform right now at your disposal. <laughs> Rip them, Dom. Would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point? Rip any, these weak picks. Any final words from you? I'm just happy to be alive considering this whole situation right now and healthy. So, um, and you guys are doing a great job giving everything. So just keep up the good work. Dude, thank you. Thanks, Dom. Appreciate you coming on, man. Take care. Thanks. All right, that's, uh, that's listener Dom. I hate perspective. <laughs> what? That's perspective. He's happy to be alive and healthy. I mean, that's too much perspective for me. I prefer to rip you guys. I, love for, perspective. I prefer to rip both of you for trying to get these. You're basically trying to get hit by pitches. You know what? You almost shouldn't get at bats. I don't it's think like you, a walk I don't think you can say that mine was. I'm not. Mine wasn't like Craig Biggio. Well, I don't I'm, know what I'm sorry, Jacqueline was, set me off. Write this down. Write right it down. You jump. like writing things down. So there, there is talk that the National Hockey League playoffs are going to be some type of 24-team format, okay? So given that, my prediction is that whatever shape or size it comes in, the Wild is going to win its first-round playoff series. Oh, wow. So, like, it might be best this is, this is two the, this or three. Is the next, this is the following. This is not. This is this season. Oh, wait. When they come back. They're, they're going to try and come back. Okay. Like, the regular season is going to be finished? No, no, no. They're probably go- they're probably going to come back with twenty four teams, and they're either going to have like a brief regular season play in for those teams or like games, or or they're going to come back with twenty four teams and do like a best two of three or a best three of five. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some form of a first round playoff series that's probably going to be truncated and not what we're used to. And what I am saying is, write this down: the Wild's going to win that first round playoff series. Got it. Love okay, it. all right, all right. Hold on, I I gotta go. Yep, you gotta move. Do I have time to write it down? Do you like writing things down? Yeah, because the segment's yeah, coming yeah. Okay, yeah, and, and then we'll wrap with Racy afterwards. So. All right. All right. Let's make sure he leaves uh, the room. Go. No, no problem. No, I gotta go. I gotta go. I already texted him. I'm sure he's already upset that I'm 10, 15 minutes late calling him. I gotta go. I got Write that down. All right. He's gone. So Judd, on uh, the, our action movie Rewind, which is uh, Speed this week, Judd will give Speed at least 7 out of 10 cigars. Okay. I'm. I'm look again. I need points. Okay. I need to get on the board. I'm looking for easy bunt singles, slap singles to the to the left side. That's all I'm trying to do. That, this is definitely a single. This is and totally a single. I'm are, not looking for slugging percentage right now. You are open for Judd to rip you next week on write that down. Totally since, fine. Since Judd's not in the room, I figure I'll end the write this down. Yeah, write it well. down. You like writing things down. Make a Judd prediction here. All right. So I'm already on the record saying in action movie rewind. He will pick from last week. Yeah. I said he will pick either Roadhouse or a Rambo movie. And the hilarious part is he has made two references now to like which one of those he's going to pick. So yeah. he's going he's going to pick he's going to pick one of those two movies for his next one. So that's a guarantee for Friday. Um, one of those two. Like that's going to happen this Friday. So write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. He will give Roadhouse whenever we do Roadhouse. Hopefully it's this week and I get a and I get a point. Whenever we do Roadhouse, he will give Roadhouse a ten out of ten rating. I know that he <laughs> likes Roadhouse, and we'll see if if he puts his money where his mouth is. You can come back in. Wow. All right. I'm so back. you got that. You right? got it. Yeah. Write right. it down. All right. That's write it down. Segment. You like writing things down. That's the segment, and we'll wrap with Royce in just the blink of an eye here on Mackie and Judd. <laughs> Patrick Royce, what's on your mind today? Oh man. Uh, what was on my mind yesterday? Let's play a ball game, won't you? Man, it was a beautiful day yesterday. Not yes. bad today. Can you believe we uh-huh. are we are two months into what would have been this season? Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? It's awful. And they're issuing 67-page reports instead of saying, hey, we're going to play here, boys. Uh, you know, I do love I'm actually writing a column about this right now. We are talking about playing hockey playoff games, right? Yep. Hockey playoff games. We are talking about the NFL full steam ahead in August, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, we are talking about basketball, perhaps. And Stern, uh, not Stern, uh, whatever, Silver, saying they'd still like to have best of seven playoff series. But we don't want baseball players high-fiving, damn it. <laughs> you know, this be, or showering. This very, this could be very dangerous if somebody hits a three-run bomb and we give them a high five. You know, 
God almighty. Just go home and shower, okay? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and if, uh, you know, who am I going to go? So is poor Mike Herman stuck with deciding whether to give guys permission to leave the hotel or not when they're on the road? He's going to, I think, I think Mike's just going to, Mike's going to just have like a little hammock at the entrance of the hotel. By the way, what what happens if you violate these rules? Like, what's the pushback? I I I don't know what it is. They're going to beg you not to. I guess I I don't know what what the thing is, but uh, yeah. And uh, if the un, if an unmarried fella goes out for dinner and there's a, a an attractive person. <laughs> male or female at the bar and they choose to buy them a cocktail, is that going to be illegal too? Which Twins player is most likely to violate the stay in your hotel? <laughs> oh, he plays left field. Eddie? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm rooting for all of them. Play the game, okay? If you're going to play, look around, see what these other sports involve, and they haven't given up. Just you have distance. You have di- natural distance. You don't make contact very often. It's not a contact sport uh, compared to everything else. And yet you're worried about 67 pages of crap. You know, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Obviously, it's done for the little Fauci's that are all over the country. You know, all the, all the miniature Fauci's who uh, want to... Uh, you know, be bureaucrats and tell them, you know, they're trying to mollify those people with this thing. So. Pat, what would you, so we're going to, if we, if let's say we, we, we go 80 game season here starting in early July and we figure all this stuff out. They are talking about an expanded playoff. What would you do with the playoffs this year with an 80 game regular well, I season? I, then I, I don't see how you can, they, they were saying three out of fives. Well, how do you do that with 14 teams? First of all, if you play three out of five, that means the the one the two teams with a bye got to take a week off, right? And that's bad. Why, yeah. Well, you play the three out of five. You can't play three out of five, right? I mean, okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, put fourteen in, I think you just have to do it the one and done wild cards, don't you? I mean, maybe two out of threes, but so what do we end up with? We end up with. I, I don't know. You'd have to do kind of a stepladder like they do in these, uh, in like the Big Ten tournament. Like the, yeah. I guess, the, you know, how you, you know. I love the two you, out of three. Like you can, the the, the college baseball seven. super regional format is, like, I yeah. think that could be super fun for the early, like the first two rounds or something. Yeah, and you couldn't, you couldn't change locations either. I mean, it would have to be, okay, if you have two playing somebody, you two, right? And you know, who's ever the home, you know, who's ever the home favorite. You got to, you can't, you, you, you can't have the Twins playing the Angels and then get on a plane and have it to take a day off. You just got to go to a ballpark like they do in the college playoffs, the Super Regionals, and just play them at a site. And and whoever wins two out of three gets to go. So, hey Patrick, what what? I, I'm not dead set against the fourteen for. This year, but as I've said before, my big fear is then they'll turn around and and then that'll become permanent, and I don't like that. What caused you to uh, to go find the claw in Wisconsin for your Sunday piece? Uh, well, I had it left over. Actually, I talked to him. I was writing the thing about how spring training. Right, this goes way back to spring training about how you don't make any personnel decisions in spring training anymore. Maybe one pitcher, you know, you decide, but everybody else, they, you know, one whole park can hit eight home runs in spring training and nobody cares. And, you know, and the claw, I went back to how the claw, how basically the Twin Cities media got the claw on the team by making him, turning him into the claw, you know, as a, a left handed reliever. And then I, I, uh, I just had his phone number and I emailed him and I, I talked to him a little bit and then I, uh, I wanted to, and I decided to, you know, he's a fairly interesting story leaving the, you know, going over there to Wisconsin and becoming a hall of fame basketball, girls basketball coach and stuff like that. So that's always, plus it's that Sunday thing, Joe, uh, Joe. Geez, boy, <laughs> hey, I take that. I take that as a very <laughs> high compliment. My, you know, you know, it's the Sunday thing. The one I say, 
I don't need an idea. I just need a thought. You know, so that's uh, that's it's good uh, though. We don't do it because it's a half of one. So uh, yeah, the claws, uh, the claw was great, man. Uh, and uh, I'd, I'd forgotten until he told me that Ron Rashke actually showed up a couple of times, sat out behind the dugout. You know, he was hurt, but I loved him, and and he, he did a couple of claws down there behind the dugout a couple of times. So when Claw Winter came in the game, so he only pitched in seven games. I didn't realize that he made two starts. Uh, he, uh, you know, I thought I looked at that one start and I said, but he had actually he got to the ballpark in Yankee Stadium one day after spending the evening in New York, and they said, you're starting today. Because <laughs> it was, I, guess, I think, it was a, you're starting today. I don't know who got sore or something, but he that didn't last too long either. That start didn't go well either. Do you think if uh, if Baron Von Raschke had come along maybe 30 years later instead, do you think he would have fought in, like, steel cage, barbed wire matches? Oh, hell yes. He would have. Baron was, uh, Baron was, uh, you know, he was the toughest guy. He, he wouldn't have, you know, I mean, my God, he uh, he was a damn near a Nazi. He could have fought anywhere. <laughs> I remember going to see the Baron, though. Here's the Baron, right? Like, it's normal. Normal bad guy. What, what do we associate German bad guys with? Very bad things, right? Yeah. Very bad things. Very bad things. <laughs> and he's wrestling uh, Sergeant Boulet from the French Foreign Legion, right? And the sergeant's got a whip and a little one, a little tiny whip and the whole hat. And there's 18,000 people in the Civic Center, and everybody's rooting for the Nazi. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, they were rooting for Baron to beat the French guy. I couldn't figure that out. You know, there are some inconsistencies in wrestling, <laughs> yes, Pat. You know, Declan yes, and I, on Monday, uh, Declan and I do WrestleMania Rewind, where we are just going yes. through all of the WrestleManias, and so we're up to WrestleMania 7. And did you know, and he somehow gets a free pass for this, because I've seen him at events before, did you know that in 1991, Sergeant Slaughter turned down the United States, joined the Iraqi <laughs> military, and fought Hulk Hogan in front of 16,000 fans <laughs> for the yes. for the championship? <laughs> And then he just like goes back to being a you know a U.S. fan favorite a few years later. <laughs> Wasn't the Sheik one of his corner guys? Yeah, the Sheik the, the Sheik was from Iran, by the way. But like, yeah. oh, they're close enough. Whatever. Oh yeah, the Middle yeah. East man yeah. just throw them all together. But the Sheik was like his corner guy too, or something, right? They're rooting him on, or something like that. The yeah, Sheik, yeah, the, yeah. You can uh, well, you know, Larry Hennig was uh, raised by Vern Gagne. You know, was like this rising young guy, and then he went down to Texas, and he came back, and he, he was realizing that the shtick of being a good guy, and all of a sudden he was Larry the Axe, who would break any rule going to bat, right? And all of a sudden he was hitting for him with chairs and stuff. Just made this uh, amazing transition. You don't understand how that happens. <laughs> I love wrestling so much. Most people are with them. Most people don't change. If you're kind of a jerk, you're a jerk, right? If you're a nice guy like me, you're a nice guy. (laughs) No question about it. We could all be like Hulk Hogan. And when when we go through those bad guy phases, we darken our beard, you know, and we wear black. And then we're good. We wear yellow when we're good. Hey, did did Hulk have hair before he bulked up? Um, I, the first time I ever remember like seeing documented footage of Hogan was probably in the late, like from the late seventies, early eighties. And he definitely had a a major receding hairline up top and he was 27. (laughs) So I think those, uh, those uh, vitamins you use to get bigger, more muscular than a lot of wrestlers use were supposed that's supposed to cost you hair too, right? He might've just in retrospect shaved it off at some point. I don't know why he continued with the weird horseshoe and mullet, but. Nothing worse than the futile attempt to uh, to uh, maintain some kind of hair. That's for sure. Let's let it go. Just shave it off, uh, Pat. We got to run, but we'll talk to you again on Friday, sir. See you, All see. right, uh, we'll uh, have a good Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Uh, get out there and start drinking. Come on. <laughs> oh, don't worry, that's not you're a problem in my house. You're <laughs> preaching to a choir here. Pat. Amen. All right. Okay. Goodbye. All right. See ya. That's wrapping with Roycey, the legendary Patrick Roycey. Oh boy. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on this podcast. So hey, the, the the number one thing you guys can do to help us out here is uh, donate to our drinking fund. No, I'm just kidding. You can give us a five-star <laughs> yeah, rating yeah. and a positive Go review. Go to my favorite liquor store and buy me a 
couple six packs. This has become a Minnesota sports and drinking lifestyle show. I think we should change the tagline yep. of the show. Minnesota sports and drinking. At first, when he brought up the claw, I, I thought that Patrick Royce yeah. went to Wisconsin to write about White Claw. Me too. That's where my mind oh, been at. Oh, 100%. That's what I was, for, I was really confused. Former Twins pitcher. Yeah. Okay. So That's a wrap. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now.